there everybody Ian here you may not recognize me because this is the first haircut that I have gotten since February so if you don't know who this is I'm Ian I just have no hair now compared to what I did have and so either way though I'm glad to be back with you guys now yet again through OSM online which is just an awesome opportunity that we get each week to still come before God in worship and in teaching until we can officially be together again in person in September. But until then, this is awesome. This is a good thing. And so I'm glad that you are with us today. And before we get into our time of worship, uh, I just want to leave you with just an awesome verse that you've heard me say a lot. You've heard Corey say a lot. But it's from James 4, and it says, Come close to God, and He will come close to you. It's an awesome uh, image that... Uh, the scriptures give us of our Father God uh, moving close to us, His children, out of His love for us. And this verse specifically kind of gives me this image of a father holding his child up to his chest as he cares for him and comforts him or her. And the the son or daughter can hear the father's heartbeat. And I want you to know right now that our Father, our Heavenly Father, His heart beats with love for you. And it beats with love for me. And even in these times of uncertainty, uh, we can be grounded in peace. We can be grounded in joy even. Because we are loved by the Father who is fully capable, more than capable, of meeting every single one of our needs out of his love for us. And so let James 4.8 come close to the Father God and he will come close to you. Let that beautiful scripture prepare your heart and mind for worship now. One, two, three, four, tell me all your secrets. Tell me everything. Show me how to love you. Show me how to live. Wherever I go, whatever 
you through song, through music. And I just pray now for whoever's engaging, whoever's watching today, Lord, that you would just prepare their heart uh, for your word and through what Corey would have for them today. Jesus, thank you. And it is in your name that we pray today. Amen. Hey guys, Corey Willoughby, student pastor at Oklahoma. Good to see you guys again. So, hey, um, have you ever needed encouragement? I'm sure you have. We all experience times where we, we just need uh, someone to encourage us in some way. And that can come from an encouraging word or maybe an encouraging note or, or maybe just that, that arm around the shoulder, you know, while, while still social distancing and stuff. So I'll, I'll, I don't know. But, man, 
everybody needs encouragement from time to time. We we just we have a bad day or we make a mistake or we play bad in the game or it's just one of those days where we are just not feeling it. We all find ourselves in moments where we need some encouragement. And it's in those times when we're having a rough day or something is just not going the, the right way when just that simple encouraging word can make a huge difference and turn everything around for us. So to encourage means to give support, to give confidence, or give hope to someone in some kind of moment. We like being encouraged. And a lot of us, I'm sure you like encouraging other people as well. Now, encouragement isn't always easy to receive. It's not always easy to give. We have to learn to do both of those things. But it doesn't change the fact that we all find ourselves in moments where we need encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement, even if you don't know it or think that you do. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you're doing or anything else. At some point, you find yourself in need of some encouragement. The Apostle Paul, as you might know, wrote quite a bit of the New Testament. And so for the next four weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to look at one of the letters that Paul wrote. And so the book of Philippians is actually a letter that Paul wrote to the church in the city of Philippi. And this is actually the first church that Paul started in Europe. I love the book of Philippians because throughout this book, there's just so much incredible stuff that, man, it just gives us encouragement. It just helps us out. It's only four chapters long, but those four chapters are full of direction and guidance on how to grow stronger in our relationship with God. Now, really, there's no way that we can go through everything that Paul says in Philippians in just four weeks. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to pick out a few parts from every chapter, and we're going to talk about that over the next little bit. But what I would encourage you all to do is read through the book of Philippians at some point. You could read through a chapter a day and be done in under a week, or you could read a chapter a week and follow along with us as we go. It'd be super easy to do, and I would love to encourage you to do that. So, hey, I really like the Apostle Paul, and here's one of the main reasons. Paul did not mess around when it came to talking to people. He was real with what he had to say. And so he, he said it like it was, and he said what he was feeling. You ever been around those people that they just seem to not have a filter, and they say whatever it is they're thinking in the moment, and they don't really care if they you know offend somebody or make somebody mad? A lot of the times, that's what Paul was like, especially when it came to talking about God. He didn't sugarcoat things. He, he didn't get that, oh, well, hey, we'll, we'll do better next time kind of talks. No, it's not what he did. If you were doing something wrong, Paul was going to call you out on it and expect you to make some changes. But as tough and as hard as Paul could be at times, he was just as quick to encourage people and to build others up and make sure that they were celebrated when they were doing things well. And this is why Paul is my favorite person in the New Testament. You know, after Jesus. Jesus is number one because, you know, he's pretty cool and kind of important there. But Paul always wanted to encourage believers to get stronger and to create a better relationship with God. So we're actually going to go backwards through chapter 1 today. And so if you go to chapter 1, verse 27 through 30, it's the end of the chapter. Paul starts off by reminding his readers and us that even though we are physically living here on earth in this world, we are citizens of heaven. 
So what's a citizen? What does that mean? Well, when you are a citizen of somewhere, that shows that you have uh, you are a legal part of a place. You, you have legal status in uh, a place. So if you are an American citizen, you are legally recognized as an American no matter where you go in the world. And when you are a citizen of some place, that comes along with certain rights. And what Paul is saying is that for us, we are citizens, not of earth. He is saying that we belong in, we are citizens of heaven. And this is true for anyone who calls Jesus their Lord. See, we are created by God, we are created for God, and we are created to do the things of God. And what this means is that we're called to live our lives in a way that pleases God and not the world around us. And whatever we do, we should do that with the mindset of advancing God's kingdom and not our own. We should do whatever we do, say whatever we say, in order to point people to God and not to us. And this is what Paul is all about. Paul is all about doing everything he can for God and pointing everyone to him. He wants to spend every day of his life helping anyone possible find and follow Jesus. And he encourages us to do the same thing. So Paul tells the Philippians that the reason he continues to live is so that he can tell more people about Jesus. And the longer he is alive, the more he can spread God's love. But if he dies, if he is killed, that's okay too, because then he'll be in heaven with Jesus. And man, that is some hardcore, crazy faith. To be able to say, hey, if I'm alive and I can keep spreading the gospel, great. If I am killed for my faith, Great. Either way, it's all good. Man, that is nuts. He doesn't even let the threat of death keep him from doing what God has called him to do. And man, how many of us can say that? I know I can't say that all the time. I can't fully say that I, I live like that. I mean, we don't share Jesus with people because it, it might get awkward. Or we don't share Jesus with people because maybe they just will react differently. Or, or we don't know how they'll react. Or they might change how they treat us. Or might change what they think about us. And we let that keep us from sharing the news that Jesus loves them and died for them and wants to spend eternity with them. And here's what makes the letter to the Philippians crazy. Because even though Paul has experienced all kinds of hard times throughout his life, I mean, he has been arrested multiple times. He has been beaten over and over and over again. He has been shipwrecked. He is mocked and ridiculed and kind of an outcast no matter where he goes. He is writing to the Philippians to encourage them. And by the way, Paul is writing this letter from prison. He is sitting in a jail cell with his feet in chains, and he is writing to encourage other people. And I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting in a jail cell, like I'm going to want some people to pity me. I want some people to feel bad for me. I want some people to, to come and encourage me. I don't want to encourage other people. I want it to be about me in that moment. But no, Paul is focused on encouraging others. You see, the Philippians knew that Paul was in prison. And no one would blame them if they cut him off or, or if they ignored him or if they denied that they even knew who he was. Paul, Paul who? We don't know any Paul. No, 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 no we don't know. Being in prison was a shameful thing. See, during this time, if you had a friend or a family member who was in jail, kind of like today, it was a source of embarrassment. 
People didn't want to be associated with someone who was in prison, someone who was thought to be a criminal for whatever reason. But Paul tells the Philippians, don't be ashamed of me. And don't feel sorry for me because I'm in jail. Because even though I'm in prison, I'm still able to spread the gospel and do God's work. People are still learning about God. And check out what he says in verse 13. He says, For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Man, even though he is in a not-so-great situation, Paul is still sharing Jesus with absolutely whoever he can, whoever is around, the guards, the other prisoners, people coming to visit the other prisoners, whoever, he is still sharing Jesus. Hey, I want to end today by encouraging you with what Paul says in verse 6. So Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Man, be encouraged. God has started something in you. God has started doing some kind of work in your heart. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you've been a follower of Jesus for eight years or for eight minutes. It doesn't matter if you still have questions about who God is and why this whole God thing is important. God has already started doing something in you, and he will see that thing finished. So be encouraged. God is never going to be done with you. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. I hope that you are encouraged and look forward to these next couple weeks as we keep working through the book of Philippians. Again, encourage you guys to read through the book. It's only four chapters. You can knock that out quick. But if you've got questions about it, hit us up because I would love to talk with you about any of those things. Philippians is an incredible book with a lot of things to teach us. A few things for you. We are getting excited for September 13th because that is when we are reopening student ministry. That is right. Starting on September 13th, 9 o'clock that Sunday morning. We are going to have middle school programming in the commons. It's going to be awesome. Starting on September 13th at 6 o'clock at night. High school, we're getting back together. And man, we are so excited to see you guys. we got some cool things coming up. In uh, September, we're going to have a high school camp out uh, happening. So be on the lookout for that information. Middle schoolers, we got bonfire and hangout happening for you guys. It's going to be great. Also, be on the lookout for information about our fall retreats in October. It's going to be a blast and we want you you and your friends to go. So check out the website, check out social media, hit me up on email if you need anything. We would love to see you guys coming around. Get ready for September 13th, September 13th, September 13th. It's going to be awesome. We love you guys. We'll see you guys later. Have a great day.